Luke chapter 16. I'm going to read a little bit tonight, and then we're going to just talk about something that's just been on my heart. I wrote a little bit of it in the middle of the night last night. <laughs> Put it out there in the middle of the night, talking about faithfulness. I mean, you know God is faithful. Yeah, every day. Every day. I think it was Jeremiah that wrote in Lamentations, it's of the Lord's mercies that were not consumed. He said, his compassions fell not. It says, they're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. He's faithful. But, but I, I want to talk, I don't want to talk tonight about this faithful God. I want to talk about our faithfulness tonight. It's an important thing that we need to rediscover. I, I, I'm, it's not a, this is just sharing heart. It's not, it's not corrective, rebuke, reproof, any of those things. It's just, it's just reminders of because he's faithful, I'm faithful, right? You know that God is looking for faithfulness. The one thing we quote at the end of life, what is the goal what is my goal? What is it you want to hear from God? I can tell you what we all, if you, if you know anything about the Word of God, when it's all said and done, the thing I want to hear is, well done, my good and faithful servant. I, I, that's the goal, is to hear well done. And it's through faithfulness. In Matthew or I'm sorry, Mark, well, I'm going to go through all of, the, all of the Gospels. In Luke chapter 16, we're going to read just real quickly this whole thing, and then we're going to touch in a few spots in Matthew. Are you ready? He told his disciples, this is Jesus speaking, there was a rich man who had a steward who was accused to the man of wasting his resources. So he called him and said, how is it that I hear this about you? Give an account for your stewardship, for you may, may no longer be a steward. Then the steward said to himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking away the stewardship from me. I, I cannot dig. I, I'm ashamed to beg. I know what to do so that I know what to do. So, so do that. When I am removed from my stewardship, stewardship, others will receive me in their houses. So he called each of his master's debtors and said, to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, 800 gallons of oil. <laughs> and he said, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 400. And then he said to another, and how much do you owe? He said, 1,000 bushels of wheat. And he said, take your bill and write 800. And the master commended the dishonest steward because he had acted prudently. For the sons of this world are wiser in their own generation than the sons of light. I say to you, make friends of yourself by means of unrighteous. I say to you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when you fall short, they may receive you into eternal dwellings. But he, but he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Hmm. So if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, well, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you cannot be faithful in what which was another man's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. 
Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Now, I didn't come to talk about wealth and riches and all that stuff tonight. I come to, to point something out in three different ways. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 45, Jesus is also speaking. He said, who then is faithful in the wise servant? whom his master has made ruler over his household to give them food in the, at an appointed time. Blessed is the servant whose master will find him doing when he comes. Faithful. Turn the page. To Matthew 25, are you there? You'll know it as the parable of the talents. Do you remember this? Jesus begins to give an account of a man who had, three, who had three servants. He gave one a talent. He gave one two talents. He gave one five talents. Remember? Talents at that time, it was a financial investment. It wasn't that he made you a singer and he made you a singer and a musician. And he made you a singer, musician, speaker, businessman. That's not what he's talking He's not talking about your talent. He's talking about what he's given you in resources. Okay. And he said he gave one, he gave one, two, he gave another five, and then he left, and and time went by, remember? And he came back one day, and he asked what they had done with their talents. And he said to the one, the one with five said that I invested it, I done this, I done that. He says, and I have ten talents to return. Yes? And then the one that had two, he said, I've done the same. I've made good on what you gave me. You gave me two, and now I've doubled that, remember? And then he came down to the one that he gave one. (laughs) There's something here we need to listen, we need to think about. He gave a one, and he said, 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 what have you done with what I've given you? And he said, well, I buried it. (laughs) Because I I had so little, I, I didn't want to lose it. I, I didn't have enough. I didn't have enough to invest. I didn't have enough. And he said, he said, you are a what? He said, you're a wicked servant. Hmm. Y'all didn't know Jesus said things like that, did you? <laughs> he says, for everyone who, who has will, who has will more be given and will be given in abundance. But from him who has nothing, even this will be taken away. There's some people that don't even know that God takes things away. They think, they think, well, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. God doesn't take anything away. That's not true. The gifts and the callings of God are the spiritual gifts and the talents that he gives. And they're yours to use for him or they're yours to use for the kingdom of God. And there's, well, trying to lay quick groundwork because I want to get to something. We all know people that, that are talented beyond measure but they're singing in the honky-tonks those are some of the things he's talking about the gifts and the callings of God are without remit he doesn't change his mind just because you don't use it for him that you still got it and it's what you do with it but the things we're looking at tonight are three things three times that Jesus made a statement like this that they that are faithful in the little things will be made ruler over many. Or how could I trust you with the, with, the, with the big things of life 
if you can't handle the small things if you're not faithful. I'm talking about faithfulness tonight. In the, in the environment we're in, man, among preachers and among church, it's a frustrating time, no, make no doubt about it. When you're up and down, when you can open your clothes, people are sick, people are well, people are, are maybe sick and maybe a bunch of people sick, but, you, but nobody has any symptoms and you don't know what to do and to bring them in or to turn them loose. And this side thinks you should never do this and that thinks, this side thinks you should always do that. And, and it, it's just frustrating, just telling you quite honestly. But we equate faithfulness to attendance, and that certainly can be part of it. We, we equate faithfulness to, well, if I ask everybody in this room, what is it to be faithful, there would probably be as many answers as there are people. Yeah? I, I think probably the number one thing might be uh, faithful is that you show up. Well, that can certainly be part of it. But I, I come by, the, I'm laying groundwork, I've been writing, I've been thinking, and I just came to talk to you a minute tonight before we pray about the environment that we're in today, that, that faithfulness is being defined in a, in a much broader way than, it, than we ever have. And the truth be known, it's never changed. It's just we're being brought to a place that's demonstrating that it's bigger than what we ever thought it was, if that makes sense. I'm going to get my phone out because I just want to read some things. It's on Facebook. You can read it yourself. But I wrote last night late just as I beginning to ponder some things. It says, your church can only be as strong as you are faithful. That's true. That's true. Your church can only grow if you are committed. That's true. Now, you understand the you, it includes you, it includes me. The, faith, the, the, the church is only strong if I'm faithful. The church is only strong if I'm committed. Is that true statements? It applies both ways. You are the church. The church is its people. We all know that. And it's put its people together. We know that too, right? There's something I, I threw in the middle of this that sets people on fire because they think you're picking. It says, it matters if you're not here. But you know what? Like it or don't like it or whatever. And in this circuit, we're going to talk about a little more than that here in a second because that's not a standalone statement. But I'm going to tell you something. It matters if you're not here. It matters to somebody. It matters, it matters to me. It matters, it, but it matters to more than just me. I think sometimes we get casual in, in our relationships and our attendance and whatever. We're going to go broader than this here in a minute. But sometimes it's just, well, it's just me. They won't miss me today. It doesn't matter. But by the time, uh, by the time five, six, ten families in a day decide today that oh, it's just me, they won't ever. Then, then when it, you walk in the room and half the crowd's not there. And then you wonder, what in the world's going on? But faithfulness is much more than if you walk in the door and if you don't. We've got, I'm talking about things we've got to learn in the hour that we're in now. Because I've got some... Because faithfulness is decided in advance. I'm going to say that again. Faithfulness is decided in advance. Not on Sunday morning. Let me back up a minute. And that, uh, we're going we're to broaden out. Right now you're thinking attendance. 
say yes. That's what I'm thinking, attendance. And that's part of it. All of these things, when it comes to the faithfulness of God, it is it, to God, is decided in advance. I'm going to tell you before the foundations of the world were, were laid, God decided, and it, it applies to him too, he decided in advance that he was going to be faithful to his creation before there was even a, a creation spoken into existence. Before there was a fall, there was a solution because he's faithful. Are you with me? Let's talk about it a little more. Faithfulness and attendance are not synonymous. <laughs> Told you, we're going to talk, start out talking about the things that are that, about faithfulness. And we think, well, the preacher just wants us to come to church. Faithfulness and attendance are not synonymous. They're not the same thing. I'll tell you what I mean about a few of those things here in just a minute. But I'll tell you this right up front. But it's because somebody we all know and we know how it all works. And we see what's going on. Said, you're not going to tell me for one second that Jackie Rogers, who, who has to stay at home right now because his immune system is destroyed, is not one of the most faithful men I've ever known in my life. This is personal examples. Don't tell me that, that, that the preacher's just worried about if you show up or not. But see, because faithfulness is a lot more than if you walk in the building. Are you starting to hear me? I know that the word of God, that, by, that, that Jesus compares our relationship with our spouse, our, our godly marriage to, to the church. How the relationship between Christ and his church works between marriages, right? So that would be, that would be, a, fair, that would be a fair exposition to say that faithfulness in the church and in the family of God and to God is, is reflected in marriages or not. Right? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, okay? That's the comparison. So I know, says think of a marriage. Faithfulness is, is faithfulness simply that you still live together? Or is it more than being present? Did you stay married 62 years just because you stayed one more night just for spite? No, of course not. Had a relative tell me that one time. She said, I was married 55 years. You know how you stay married 55 years? I said, no, how? She said, you stay one more night just for spite. <laughs> no, that's not it. There may be some tenacity there, but that's not faithfulness. Listen to me. I know people who are home every night that aren't faithful. We're going to preach here in a minute, a little bit. Do you? Do you know what I'm talking about? By the same token, I know people that their job separates them from their spouse for months at a time, yet they're extremely close and extremely faithful. I grew up in oil field worlds. My daddy was an oil field guy. People, my uncle was an oil field guy. My, all my daddy's friends were oil field guys. Church people were oil field guys. Had some of them that worked in Saudi Arabia. Some of them, some of them in UAE. Some of them all over the world. And they were literally gone months at a time from their family. But they were close. Now that doesn't work for me. I got to tell you that right now. 
I ain't leaving for months at a time and leaving her behind. If I'm leaving for months at a time, if I'm gone much over 30 minutes, she's going with me. But that's just me. But there are people that it works for. I'm talking about faithfulness tonight. Stay with me. I said, I know people that are gone for months and yet they're extremely close and extremely faithful. They use every means at their disposal to stay close to their spouse. They call, they text, they FaceTime, they send gifts, they send notes, they, they slip little things in here something where they find them later. You know what I'm talking about? All that romance. Faithful. Been pondering these things a lot lately because of the ongoing plague that we are enduring and how it affects the church. How many of you know we're still in the middle of it? I'm going to stop right here with where I'm at in my little read, my little ponder, my little thinking out loud. There's things I have to wonder. I'm not making any broad proclamations tonight. I just want you to think about it and think, hmm. Because somewhere in the middle of all this that's going on that is not going away, it's not going away. If so, I made a statement a week before last, I think it was, and I'm going to throw it out there again. Because there's one thing I know about God. I'm, again, I'm not going to teach on it tonight because I don't have time to teach dual things. But there's one thing I do know that I know for sure, that everything that happens on this earth, in this earth, in our time, all around us, that God either did it, He caused it, or He allowed it. Yes? The good, the bad, the ugly. He either caused it or he allowed it. Uh, Job, if you open Job, the book of Job, J-O-B, if you open Job and you begin to read, it says, it says that one day there was a, there was a, a moment that came and, and God said to, that, that he called all the host of heaven before him and, 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 and look, Satan showed up in the, in the midst of the host because he's still in the midst of the host. <laughs> Don't have time for that, but it's true. He still, he still comes and goes when he's called. He, he's, he's mean as a junkyard dog, but, he's, but he don't have any authority. When God says come, he has to come. He says, what have you been doing? He says, well, I've been searching the whole earth looking. When the opening scriptures of Job says that there was a man from us named Job, and he was a perfect and an upright, God, an upright man. They said he loved God and he eschewed evil. Right? That's what it says about him. And, and, and then it says that he calls the host of heaven. I'm telling you anyway. And it says, he calls the host of heaven. He says, Satan, what have you been doing? He says, well, I've been roaming the earth. He says, I've been looking for somebody to get at. And, and God says, well, have you considered my servant Job? And he says, what do you mean have I considered him? Of course I've considered him. I've been trying to get at him for years. I said, my Bible doesn't say that. Yes, it does. You just ain't reading it right. I've been trying to get him for years. He said, but you've got this hedge around him. You've got, your, you've got him protected. You've got him where I can't get to him. God says, all right. He says, if I can get to him, he'll shake his fist in your face. He'll, he'll, he'll cuss you and walk away. God said, all right. He says, I'll lift it up. He said, I'll tell you what. You can do whatever you, you, can do whatever you want to, but you, but, you, but you can't kill him. It happened twice. Happened twice. 
What happened? So the, the, he gets word. Oh, there's a big storm and it killed all your kids. There was a big thing. All your, he was the richest man on the earth. He said, and he comes back and he says, well, there's something killed all your livestock. There's something that blew all your houses down. There's something that came and, and killed all your children. And, and, and it didn't work. He still offered sacrifice. He still loved God. The same scene plays out again. Satan comes and he said, well, have you considered Job? He said, of course. But he said, but I can't get to him. I got to his family. I mean, he knows that, if he can't, that he, he's trying every way he can to get to you. Come on, somebody. If he can't get to you this way, he'll try that way. He, says, well, he said, well, I, I, he said, I've touched everything I can, but I couldn't touch him. If I can touch him, I can get him. I'm talking about everything that happens on this earth. God either done it or he allowed it. He says, I, I can't get, I, I, I've, 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 took his, I've took his wealth, I've took his houses, I've took his children, but I couldn't touch him. God says, all right, you can touch him, but you can't kill him. Finds himself in a situation where he's covered with boils from head to toe. That's not any fun. So he's in a place that he's so bad that he's got broken pieces of pottery. And it says that he's in the ashes and he's scraping his skin. Miserable. Then he had all these buddies that come by and wants to tell him, well, if you, have, you must have something going on in your life because if you didn't have this going on, if you didn't have something going on in your life, this wouldn't be happening to you because God, didn't, God would never allow blah, 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 blah. Three times, all these friends come by to tell Job how it must be on you because God would have never done this when in fact God was the one that suggested it. All right. And then his wife comes. I usually make some smart aleck remark about right here, but I'm not going to. His wife said, Why'd you curse God and die? Just Get it over with. Just curse God and die. You know, Sister Job, she gets a bad rap. We've been through what she'd been through. We might be a little bitter too. Yeah. Talking about everything that happens on this earth. Uh, what am I telling you all that for? I, I, I don't know if I know all the reasons, but I know China done this. I know that I, I, I'm not going to back off. Y'all can call me conspiracy. Y'all can call me crazy. Y'all can call me whatever. You can call me a left or right wing crazy nut or whatever. Saying that, but I'm going to tell you, there's somebody that created this thing and they released it on the world. It's been weaponized. It's ever changing. It keeps going. It's killing people right and left. It's a fact. I don't know how, if God doesn't intervene, that it's ever going to change. But somehow we got to find a way to live. I haven't changed my mind. Somehow we got to find a way to live. But I'm getting more and more convinced by the day that the reason we're going through round two, three, or four, or whatever this is, is because God's people have just continued to try to find a way to go back to the way it was. And the last thing God wants is us to go back to where we're in a place where that we're, that we're rich and increased in goods and in need of nothing. When in fact we're poor, blind, wretched, and naked, and we need Him. I've seen, I've seen the thing begin to fall off and everything to begin to head back towards normal. And the more it began to head back towards normal, it done just that. People went back to their complacency. People went back to their unfaithfulness. People went back to just living life case raw, raw. People went back. I, you're saying, God did all this. I, I'm just saying that the things I know 
I'm stating the things I know, and I'm telling you there's some things I don't know, and neither do you, but I have to say, hmm. Because maybe the goal was never, because here's one thing I know about God, that he makes all things work together for good that love the Lord to those that are called according to his purpose. That means all things. That means that this stinking virus, if the church would get a hold of of who God is and what he can do, that he can make this awful thing that is destroying lives and burying people, he can make it work together for good if we would figure it out. Hmm. things I wonder we were building this place all the mappers everywhere and budgets and where do you spend money here and where do you spend money there and what do you not spend money on and all that stuff and stretching your way of thinking here and I remember telling Brandon before I was on my way here that I began to think about things that the Lord because I'm a pretty traditional guy if you want to know the truth I I'm, I'm pretty old school I like old school music I like the old time way preaching singing singing shouting I like the old time way I do but there's some things I know that it's not about me and I began to pray about this church before we came, and I began to think of praying about, and God said some things to me that I didn't say, God says things to you. Yes, he says things to me. If you think that makes me nuts, then you ought to pray a little while, and he'll say something to you. God's always speaking. It's just, are you listening? We're not talking about tacos and pizza too late at night. We're talking about prayer and the Word and getting quiet before God and letting him speak through the truth, Okay? And I remember one of the things he said is, uh, J.R., I'm going uh, about this church you're going to, that they're, they're, they're going to be stretched and changed because of their situations. But here's what I got to tell you, big boy, is I'm going to change you as much as I change them. And boy, has he been doing that. I go back and read some articles I've written for some preacher pages a few years ago and thought, man, I wish I hadn't wrote that. Because he's he, he stretched me since then. You ever been stretched? Had your thinking stretched? What are you talking about? I'm talking about faithfulness. We're getting there. I'm talking about what it means and what it doesn't mean. Where we're at and where we're going and things. You know, we, there's things that happen before we ever knew there was a happening coming. Does that make sense? Before we ever knew that there was a problem, how many know, before we ever know there's a problem, God knows and there's a solution. And I think about some things. I've listened to preachers rant. I saw one post on on Facebook as I was sitting up there about to read this. I'm going to call him after service because I'm supposed to get hold of that turkey. Preachers that are doing more harm than good. Y'all listening? We were looking at all this stuff and boards wondering what in the world I'm talking about. I'm getting there. And I thought, you know, there's one, two, three, four, five, six cameras. Incredible capabilities of, of streaming that churches this size just don't have. 
sets that this size church just don't have, ability to reach the world that, that big churches don't have, but this church has, and, and that we didn't know how or why. Why are we spending all this money on stuff, and we're just little, little old Mauriceville, Texas? And I have to say, I scratch my head over a lot of that too, but I can tell you all these things that, that we kept being compelled to do to make sure the lighting was right so we could film it right, so they could hear it right, so we could present it right, so we could get the gospel from here to there right, because we're not trying to be anybody we're just trying to use every tool in the drawer never knowing that perhaps all of these things that we built two years ago would be what our very existence our very survival depended on at times never knowing that the Jackie Rogers of the world and the Richard Hargraves that are in a hospital tonight and that, that, that if, they, if we didn't have it, they would be completely cut off. I'm talking about being in the building and, and, and faithfulness are not synonymous. And I'm talking about what we better take from what's going on in this world today. That we better, that we better continue to pray for the plan and to reach accordingly. Because, uh, listen, gathering is biblical. Nobody's saying that it's not. And I, and I, I should have said it this morning to, to when more people were here, but lots of people watch. I'll tell you this. There's one thing I'll say. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you can go everywhere but church, but it's not safe to come to church, you ain't doing it right. I'm, I'm confident in that. If you, if, you, if you can go everywhere but here, then something's messed up. But on the other hand, there are people that every time they step out their door, they're literally taking their life into their hands right now. That's just a fact, preacher. I want to say you jerk. I did just then. I'm tired of it. Faithfulness is more than if you can walk in the door. Hey, if we didn't believe that, I'm challenging your thinking right now. I'm stretching you. I'm stretching me. I'm talking about faithfulness. I'm stretching us all. If we didn't believe that, then we just wanted nice toys. We just wanted bragging rights at district council. We just, want it. we just like it when people come up and say, man, I've seen y'all's web pages and y'all's this and y'all's that. Man, it's slick. Who does all that stuff for you? That's, if that's all we wanted, that costed a lot of money to get somebody to ask you a question. If we didn't believe that it was the tools, if God knew something we didn't know. Are you saying, don't worry about it, just stay home and watch live stream? No, completely ridiculous. But what if there's times, it's all we got. Man, if, we, if it was two years ago when some Chinese missionary would say, y'all wouldn't believe this, but if we got a camera in a little room and a little bit of internet service, man, we're, we're shooting messages in all over, all over the country. We would, we would stand up and roar! And applause of the creativity of the ministry and the missionaries and God. But whenever it's in America, y'all hearing me? Man, I'm challenged because I tell you, my, my ego and my flesh and my, and my everything that's in me that's just a natural man, I got it, you got it. 
Every one of you has got flesh that you deal with. Now, you might not have the same things that feed yours that feed mine, but I don't know a preacher alive that doesn't want a full room. That's why everywhere you go, when you go into a preacher meeting, the first thing they ask is, how many are you running these days? Pull their suspenders out. Then they lie to you. They talk about the number they ran three Easter Sundays ago. Y'all hear me? Why, right, right, right. If my people don't come back, I'm just going to turn the live stream off. Hmm. 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 I better read a little more. It'll be all right. I've been pondering these things of late because of the ongoing plague that we're enduring <laughs> and how it affects the church. That's what I'm talking faithfulness. I preach faithfulness. Why do I preach faithfulness? Because God's faithful. And the word is clear that faithfulness is the mark of the true believer. Everybody agree? To equate a believer's faithfulness to church attendance is a shallow measure and frankly, a fleshy, ego-driven tactic of the modern church. Hmm. This is just a glimpse in my snapshot in my little pea brain. Having said that, I want to be clear, attendance is important, yeah. But it's not the hallmark of what it means to be faithful to the body of Christ, which is the church. The church, 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 not the church. Listen, I know people right now, as I read, I said right, but as I read, they'd hardly ever miss a Sunday service, but could never be defined as faithful. They're planning their exit before they even arrive on the campus. They're never engaged in anything or with anybody other than getting their Sunday morning ticket punched. They might tip, but they never tithe. Did I say that? Tithe means something. That's all I'm going to say about that. Tithe means something, and it's, and it's part of worship, and God asks for it. And anything other than a tithe is a tip, and God don't take tips. He, he, he don't work on tips. Oh, me. Oh, me. That's what Martha Tennyson said that. God don't work for tips. <laughs> they don't pray unless they have a need. They don't encourage they just want to control. They can't worship unless it's their song. I could go on and on. So then there are the ones that, who would wade through alligator-infested water with a pork chop tied around their neck to get to church if they could. Maybe they're sick. Perhaps they're 
immunocompromised and have to isolate just to save your life. Maybe they're a shift worker or on shutdown. Or they're a farmer that's bringing in the harvest. I pastored those people before too. But they tune into a live stream like clockwork. Maybe they slip in earbuds and listen to a podcast while they drive a combine 18 hours at a time. Their tithe comes online by giving or in the mail like clockwork, not just when they attend in person. And I know those guys too. They, if, they're out of work, if they're out working three weeks, they, they didn't have to pay tithes for three weeks because they wouldn't hear. Oh, man. We don't, now, I've got to tell you right here, right now, right, right here, right now, we don't have that problem too much here. We really don't. So I get to say things that other people can't say because it's not really that big of a deal here. But, you know, if, 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 if the shoe fits, as always, just put it on Cinderella. If it doesn't fit, go to the ball. Don't worry about it. Are y'all hearing me? The tithe comes in online or in the mail like clockwork, not just when they can attend in person. Why? Because the tithe belongs to God, not to them. Tithe belongs to God, not to them. I got a preacher buddy that makes me laugh every time I think about it. I've never said it, but I'll say what he says, and I think it's funny, and it's probably right. He says, he was back before his daughter got married. He says, when my daughter comes bringing some bozo home and wants to go out with him, he said, if I don't know him, she ain't going out. And if I do know him, he goes to my church. He said, I'm going to the secretary, and I'm checking to see if the boy ties. Said it from the pulpit. I thought, whoo, look at you go. He said, you know why I go see if that boy ties if he goes to my church? He said, because my daughter ain't married, no thief. Ooh, will a man rob God? I'll just keep reading. Somebody can breathe better. They'll call and they text their pastor and encourage him when they, just because they want to be connected. They pray for others' needs, pains, and hurts because they care about more than themselves. I'm talking about faithful and what it means. No, faithfulness isn't just showing up at an address on Sunday morning at a particular time. Faithfulness is a commitment. Faithfulness is a lifestyle. Faithful is who you are and will reflect in what you do. Faithfulness, faithfulness is who you are and will reflect in what you do. Faithfulness isn't an option. Faithfulness isn't an option. I'm still trying to figure out things. I'm still having to shape, be shaped and molded and to figure out what's going on and why this and why that. And I still like to see people, but I understand when they're not. And I still have to preach to the people that needs to pull their head out of wherever their head's at because they're going everywhere but church. And then there's the people that would go with church every time they could, but they can't. And somewhere in the middle, you got to preach to everybody. You got to tell everybody the truth. You got to try to deal with this age. You got to try to deal with what's online. You got to try to deal with, and because cause people, every chance they get, and I often wonder, what is it going to take to wake the church up and to bring them to a place where faithfulness is just who we are. No matter what. Where we accept that there's, more, that there's more to the church than what walks in the door. But we walk in the door when we can. Oh, I'm not talking about when I say when we can. I'm not talking about when it's convenient. Oh, it's quiet. I'm talking about literally 
when you can. If at all possible, that's what you do. We want, who, who doesn't want God to give them more and more responsibility, more, more stuff even? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with wanting to be blessed in financial ways. We're not talking about that. There's nothing wrong with that. God doesn't have, so the love, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. It's not money. But the whole thing, he says, if you're faithful in these little things, Three times, I read Matthew 24, Matthew 25, Luke chapter 16, and there's other places, but three times Jesus said, listen to me, if you're faithful in these little things, if you can't be faithful to, to, to the basic rudimentary things of, that he has asked for, what in the world makes you think that he's going to give you more? Me more, you more, the church more. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is I'm just going to walk with God because he, because he walks with me. Faithfulness is no matter how it looks and how bad it gets that I just know God is true and that his word is true. Faithfulness. I'm going to quit chasing everything I can and just be faithful to God. You know, when you're faithful to God, all the things that, it'll, first of all, it'll change what you want to chase after, and the things you chase after will count. Because it's, if it's important to God, it'll be important to you, and vice versa, and you're faithful to it. Church, we got to be, we're talking about faith, faithful, faithful to find a way to be connected to your local church. Faithful to pray for things that are bigger than you are. Faithful to be to encourage your brother and sister in the Lord because they need you. Faithful to worship God with your voice, with your finances, with your with your life outside of the building, with your testimony. Part of being faithful to God is to be faithful in your testimony. Part of being faithful to God is to be faithful in your witness. It's so much more. See, when the preacher talks about being faithful, it's so much more than if you show up to church on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night. It's so much bigger than that. God is faithful. And we, listen, I frankly owe it to him. I don't do things because I owe it to him. But the fact of the matter is, is I owe it to him and he's worthy of my faithfulness. I have to check myself. I'm, I'm just being real. I have to check myself. What is my motive? Why, am I, why, why do I feel this way about that person or this person or this Sunday or last Sunday? Are you a would you just take a moment just to be honest with yourself? Are you affected by things too when they're, when they're off, when they're not right, whenever you, when you, or is it just me? No, it's not just me. It's not just me. Listen, I, I, I've been willing to, to say things, preach things, teach things, go all the way out on a limb, saw it off behind me, fall down the bluff, get up and do it again because I believe we're in a time 
where, where a church needs to be equipped for where we're at. Sunday morning religion is no longer adequate. The doing things the way we've always done it better not be the goal. <laughs> Uh, we don't even have, it's not even an option anymore. Can we just be frank? Doing the, you know, you used to say if we do the things we've always done it, we'll get what we've always got. Do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. Insanity. Now it's not even an option to do the things we've always done the way we've always done it. Preachers that are critical of other preachers sowing division. You say, are you mad about that? I'm mad about that. That's why I keep bringing it up. I'm mad about that. People, what did I talk about? The, the raging political debates that's affected the church. What did I talk about this morning? About the nah, 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 that goes on on Facebook. Why did I talk about all that? Because everybody reads it. Everybody, they're in this social connection. And then they, everybody does this all week and then expects to come together and throw their hands to the Lord and buckets of honey and, and, and milk and honey to flow over the building when everybody's been reading each other's garbage all week and know how each other really feels when they need to get off when they just need to stop it are y'all am I making a bit of sense why am I saying it because I believe I've said it a few weeks ago and, and as sure as I, I Scott I knew as sure as I said that I were right there on revival that I knew as sure as I said it that all hell was going to break loose I knew but you know what say it anyway I knew that it was going to change the situation. I knew that, it would, that anything that the enemy could throw against us, our health, our gathering, anything, anything he could do, I knew he would do it. Do it anyway. Why do I, why do I take time to, think, to preach this stuff on faithfulness, to, to throw a few bombs here and there, to, to tell people to quit the... Because it's the only way that we're going to be able to be united and to be able... Because unity, power comes in unity. It's the only way that people's lives are going to be changed. If, they walk, if people watch us, man, I just tell all kinds of things on myself. I have evangelists that's been here before. Been here before. Friends, people I've been friends with for, for so long, and I've watched their hateful rants on Facebook till I canceled them. I thought, you ain't going to rant all week weeks at a time my people follow you on Facebook they see your junk and then think you're going to come down here and preach to them and they're going to shout with you hold people, hold people accountable from the top down not from the bottom up come on somebody faithful to the word faithful to the gospel faithful to pe- and be kind and gentle to people they need you People are confused. They don't know what to do. They're trying to figure it out too. And in the meantime, you th- I'll be quiet. Well, there's one thing I know, one thing that the Lord started waking me up on this stuff where I started changing, where I started thinking, we got to wake up. We got to do some things different because I went back to the book of Acts and I can't find our church model in it. You ain't listening. I can't find the way we do it in there. Now, I don't think God minds the way we've done it all, but when things change, you change with it. They didn't have a church house for 300 years. 
Nobody had a church house for 300 years. The first 300 years of Christianity from the 1st, 2nd, 3rd century, nobody had a church. But they had church everywhere they went. They turned their world upside down everywhere they went. It says they met from time to time and house to house. Tell me they weren't faithful. They found a way to make it work. I believe right now that you better be spirit-led and spirit-driven on everything you do or it will not work. At MAG, we're going to use every tool in the chest. We're going to preach. We'll spit and snort and laugh and all of those things. We'll eat in the back on Wednesday, maybe in the front on Sunday. Some people even, some people even think that's an abomination. Uh, well, if that's what you think is going to get people to heaven, it is an abomination. If it's a tool in the drawer. We're going to use it. We're going we, to film it, live stream it, put it out there, produce it, Facebook it until they throw us off, and whatever else, whatever. Every tool in the drawer. Why? Because the time is short. The world is changing. God always has a way in. And he told us to go. He didn't tell them to come. I better get up there and look. He told us to go. Look at me again. When you go, they'll come. But we've got this, we've been driven by this model that if we, if we sing right, preach right, have the right time, the right temperature, the right, that they'll just come flocking in the door. That's not what the Bible says. It says to go out, it says, when the master, it said the master of the feast had a banquet and he called all of his friends. Well, it says one friend, they said, we, we went and told your friends. One had bought some land and he needed to take care of that. And one had just got married, and you know, you know. and one had just had, and you know, you know, the more people change, the more they stay the same. So your friends did they? It was they said it was. I'm sure it was going to be a nice place, a nice banquet, a nice time. But I got better things to do. Well, then go out, stretch out your stakes, and go a little further, and, and go out and be and, and get other people. And it says we went out and found some in the and the, the places that were beyond your friends. It said, but there's still way too much room at the table. And the, and the master of the banquet says, he says, I want every seat filled. He says, go out into the highways and into the hedges and compel them to come in. There is a coming in. There is a gathering, but there's not a gathering without a going. <coughs> Whatever me, what was he saying? Whatever means necessary. Use everything you've got. Compel them. Is it to come in? It's to come in. It's for more to be able to say, well done. That is the goal. Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. I don't want to ever stand before God as a minister, as a preacher. Saved. 
says the saved will be, a, it's a really funny thing because the saved will be rewarded according to their work. What they've done that counts. What they does that's eternal. I don't ever want to know at any point in, 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 in the entering that there was one more tool in the drawer than you refused to use it. I don't want to ever have to, have to think that we could have done better if we had just been willing to, go, to push past what some preacher's opinion of us was and just use every tool in the drawer. Just because we, all, we wanted it to look like it's always looked. You hear me? Faithful. Faithful to what? The gospel. Faithful to God. Faithful to the message. Faithful to the compelling. Faithful to the going. Stand with me tonight and we're going to pray.